Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Hello, friends, on this snow-filled Minnesota day. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am John, and alongside me is Olaf the Snowman. I mean, Nate Morales. We've been watching a lot of Frozen with the kids these days. Um, <laughs> Nate, Nate. We're trapped. We're trapped in the house. <laughs> we are. <laughs> So all you get are movies you've seen 400 times. Uh, through the wonders of the internet, you're joining us from where exactly today, Nate? Yeah, I'm in beautiful uh, northwestern Arkansas. Uh, so <laughs> I miss the snowstorm, but I understand the uh, I understand the hate because I'm going to have to dig my entire house out when I get home. So that's fucking awesome. I mean, we got like 10 inches of snow in four hours today. So we're, we're, wherever you are, it's not as bad as it sucks here. This is the worst part about living next to like two 90-year-old women is that nobody's going to do me any favors while I'm out of town. Right. <laughs> so, so, wait, so that's the worst part? Well, <laughs> yeah, otherwise otherwise they keep to themselves. They're very nice. Uh, last week's show, you guys, it was packed. Uh, and this week we're going to – we might have to – Spread the net a little farther and wider, uh, but there's still plenty of plenty of soccer talk to be had. Um, the season actually started in the NPSL, which is weird to me, and we clearly do not mean in the north because it's um, we're we're buried. So we're going to touch on that. Uh, there's some ongoing, there's some weird shit going down in Florida with an NPSL team that is maybe no longer an NPSL team, and we announced a new player this week who's going to be joining us tonight to chat through all things crow let's get the party started nate it's it started i'll tell you what john <laughs> john wouldn't it be great if we could say that um our season has started and and we had a game to, and we already had a game to recap i mean that yeah that'd be ideal right those are my favorite shows oh uh, well yeah i'll tell you what if you if you head west well across the wasteland um the western conference <laughs> co- western conference competitions have begun and i know it sounds crazy when you look outside, that soccer is being played here in America, but there are actually states where it doesn't really snow or it doesn't really get too cold to kick the ball around. In fact, it's beautiful all year round, and uh, and that's where the league started so early. So um, I had no idea about this, so maybe I just totally missed that the West Coast Conference plays starting in February. So you're not crazy yet, Nate. Um, the Western, uh, the West Coast Conference started much earlier uh, than ours did this year. Actually, every year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's but they have so many. We're doing some research to talk about it today. They they have so many teams. They have eleven teams to be exact, and they play twenty games. So yeah. that's just a lot of soccer. Um, <laughs> The, the teams in the West Coast Conference are Orange County FC, FC Golden State, uh, Temecula FC, uh, High Desert Elite FC, FC Arizona, California United Strikers FC, ASC San Diego, AS Los Angeles, City of Angels FC, and the Riverside Coras. Um, 
And then I forgot one in here, which was the uh, the Oxnard Guerreros. Oxnard Guerreros. Yes, the yeah. Guerreros. So the Guerreros became first undefeated team in the country this NPSL season with a 4-2 win over the Riverside Coras. And then we and then we see FC Orange County joining them atop the table with a 2-1 win in a rivalry match against City of Angel or sorry, yeah, City of Angels FC 2-1. Yeah. So, soccer started. I can't believe it, John. It's crazy. This is the Southwestern Conference of the what is the West Region. And the West Region is huge. Because they've, it's mostly all of California. They've got the Golden Gate Conference. They've got the Northwest Conference, which is mostly like Washington, Oregon, and Southwest, which is like L.A., San Diego. Um, obviously, these these teams can't have college players. So, like, this is just your sem your average semi pro dudes around town kind of teams, right? You would assume so, seeing that most college guys have a spring season. So, I would expect that some of those Western teams have some collegiate or some uh, non-collegiate hired guns yeah. um, that, I mean, they could be not paid, um, but if, if they do plan on having the college boys come back around normal time, um, they, they likely aren't paid, but it does seem odd that they played this early. Yeah. You can do a thing where you pay some players and not other players, right? As long as you don't have any collegiate players on your roster because it, it, it forfeits their amateur status. So uh, that's the rule. We that's the rule that we know and we stick by. Uh, I don't know how others feel about that. Uh, if I'm blowing any whistles here, but no. uh, that that's the official rule. I don't know. Looking at the looking at the roster of the Southwest Conference, I don't feel like there's a ton of powerhouses here, or really any powerhouses here. I mean, Temecula is good. Orange County was is decent. Um, yeah, I mean. This isn't sure. the place. This isn't the place where it, it's clear that they're paying talent. Is what I'm getting to. Right, it, but you it's are probably just local dudes. But you are closer to uh, Mexico, so there might be some guys mm-hmm. that are that are coming over on uh, on short term travel visas that are mm-hmm. playing in in this in this conference. Mm, yeah, but, that's true. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I think the other thing about this conference is uh, they are home to a few of the best logos i have seen the best crests that i've seen in a conference like when you look at city of angels football club that like pink and black dog situation is awesome the mm-hmm. uh, high desert elite is awesome and uh, temecula just a little goofy little partridge sitting on a, sitting on a tiny <laughs> soccer ball <laughs> uh, he's adorable partridge. yeah he's, he's cute. adorable He's cute. <laughs> but um, I think the, the the crazy thing is with this with this league is by the time that they are done with this season, which is at the same time we're done, um, we'll still have a couple or close to the same time we were done. We'll still have a couple games left. League wide, most people end June 29th, and that's a lot of soccer. Like February to June, and then the playoffs have to start. Those teams have have like they. How are they not going to be burned out? Like, are you adding players? Are you switching your rosters out? Like, what does the NPSL allow in order to give teams like the teams in this conference um, the longevity to to compete over what is seven, eight months? So basically, uh, I mean, I think it'd be more of they have to sit once they're on a heater to wait for the playoffs to happen. I, yeah. I find that to probably be the most difficult piece, but um, from an, a rules perspective, you can really, you can change your rosters up 
Um, you just have to pay more for your players after mm. you kind of hit your, your standard roster. So they could be bringing in a whole different team for the second half of their season. But, I mean, that's a lot of movement, it seems, to be successful. Yeah, I mean, I mean but at the same time, like, holy shit, how sweet would it be as a fan to be able to go to a soccer game in, in February? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So uh, outside of, of the season starting, Nate, uh, the most interesting news in the MPSL, well, at least for, for me, and I, when I brought it up to you to talk about today, you were like, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Um, it was put out on Twitter today that former Sunshine Conference member Boca Raton FC is taking a break from the MPSL and moving to the UPSL this season. Um, so that's weird, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, in our division, we saw VSLT take a break for the year um but they didn't go and like jump into the upsl you know which we we know is a league that's a little bit lower in cost and more affordable so if it was if this is a financially driven decision i look at it kind of in two ways one it was they they went broke and they could afford the upsl Mm -hmm. and like geographically it made sense and for travel and whatnot and and financially but also um could they perhaps be setting up a footprint for uh, a second team, you know, like a reserve team that plays in the UPSL, or is this a straight what the fuck situation going on there? Yeah. So here's the statement from from Boca Raton: uh, We are thrilled to join the UPSL, which I don't <laughs> think anyone has ever said. Uh, we <laughs> we no, have. I, mean, I bet you FC Minneapolis did. They're like, we That's, are so I'm sorry. thrilled. <laughs> So, so, so thrilled. You're right. But I mean, if you're already in the NPSL and then it's time to drop down, you're not going to say we're thrilled to join the UPSL. Um, <laughs> but then they, they went on to say, we have players that are ready to play and the UPSL will give us the right platform for our players because the main goal of our club is to develop and move players on to real professional clubs and for colleges. The UPSL is the right competition for our players to showcase themselves. We will not be putting our academy team putting out our academy team these are going to be our best players because we're going to we're going out there to win this competition and our ultimate goal is to compete and return to the lamar hunt u.s open cup in 2020 Hmm. to which i say you fools this is the you could do the exact same thing in the mpsl which you're already uh, going on your third season in yeah, so, it's so bizarre. It seems fishy, John, and it's it, a, it feels like a way to like game the system. Uh, yeah. By it seems like they're saving money because the league the league fees are cheaper, right? Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they can still they're still able to by winning that league compete in the Open Cup, and then and for what? Like for what? So right. that you can get beat down the line by Miami FC who by the way was already in their NPSL conference. So their conference their conference was uh, already the likes of Jacksonville Armada's U23 team, Miami United who's decent, and of course the NASL's own Miami FC. So really my thought is can you blame them for bailing out and trying to be like a big a little fish or a, a big fish in a little pond versus a normal fish in a huge pond full of um, semi-pro players. Um Especially, oh my God, John, especially when you consider Miami FC's newest powerhouse signing. <laughs> you can go ahead and, 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 and break this news. No, you told me. Tell me. 
It's Harrison Heath. Oh, uh, God, how can you compete? How can you compete against Harrison Heath? So, uh, former full-time professional soccer player at Minnesota United and son of uh, Adrian Heath, who, I mean, that move makes you sense for him. You can't do it, John. Fan favorite, Harrison Heath, yeah. is so, heading to Miami. We got to go. So, basically, I think it's a good move for him, considering he featured more times against our NPSL team than he did against MLS caliber players. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's a level you know the guy could compete against. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't look bad against us. Um, so, so yeah, they, they could have been playing against Harrison Heath. Um, he'll, he'll be one of the few NPSL players that uh, will be driving a Porsche. <laughs> no, that was definitely a lease out of the Porsche, Porsche <laughs> Minneapolis. That, that thing did not make the trip for sure. <laughs> well, and now that dad, now that he's not with, living with dad anymore, do you think that he's signing the lease or not? Probably not. Uh, uh, but I mean, all joking aside, like he's a good, he's a good soccer player. Not MLS caliber, maybe, but you know, like now uh, that they have the Founders Cup, um, you know, you could you could see him. You know, it makes sense if, if there's nothing else out there. Also, you're living in Miami versus uh-huh. some other places. So um, who knows? <laughs> who yeah, knows, so man? I don't know. So Boca Raton maybe saw the writing on the wall. They know that the, their division is, if they stayed in the MPSL, it would be super competitive and probably out of their grasp. Like a title would be out of their grasp for quite some time. So why not make mm-hmm. the jump down to something that they can compete in? That's fine. And I think their statement said as much, right? Like they right. – the main goal of the club is to develop and and make sure that players move on to real professional clubs. And if you're just kind of a mediocre club, you're not going to get the you're not going to get the the press coverage. You're not going to look. You're not going to get the resume building titles. You're not going to get the U.S. Open Cup um, automatic entries, stuff like that. So it makes sense for their players. It make maybe it makes sense for their organization, and uh, hopefully it's something beyond a financial decision. Did they announce who's in their UPSL conference yet? Not yet. And the UPSL conference is like ever shifting because I think the, uh, the UPSL is like year to year closing and opening conferences based on based on what teams are viable. I think I know mm-hmm. like the, the bug eaters were just in a conference um, down there in Nebraska or around Nebraska. And that conference is done. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure really what the what, how how the UPSL I should Google it right now. UPSL to see like what they're conference situation is because they because the reason why i mentioned is because boca was in uh like a um like a regional florida alabama league before they joined the mpsl that they were very successful in so i'm wondering if if their aspirations are the lamar hunt open cup that maybe they look at like we can get a birth into the playoffs and have a better shot at that because historically yeah. against teams that might be in the UPSL, they were maybe part of that regional league they were in. So, um, you know, I, that's just why I asked. Yeah, they do have a Florida conference, like specifically. Uh, there used to be, God, it's all broken down to some really weird shit. Uh, Colorado, <laughs> it's all state based. It's very gross. Oh my God, how do you even do this? South. Well, maybe we'll just sense. reserve that for our. That's, our a, full... that's probably that's got to be for a later show. We're moving on. Yeah, for but, uh... our full UPSL breakdown. <laughs> we'll 
which will never. So we'll see you never. Yeah. Just Google it, folks. It is very rare that we get to record a show with a player that was just announced to come back to us for the 2019 season. But this week, we have that luxury. Joining us tonight is Stegman's Academy product and three-year crow defender Nick Hines. Nick, you've been on uh, the show before. It was more of a roundtable discussion on the way oh. down at Des Moines. But oh, uh, welcome officially. How how did uh, how did you make out during Snowmageddon 4 today? Snowmageddon 4 was was pretty good. Got to work early. Left left a little late to avoid some of the some of the travel, but uh, happy to be and enjoying some some Minnesota's own Tattersall and and talking with you fine gentlemen. <laughs> nice, nice, dude. You're you're classy as hell. You're just sipping on some Tattersall. What is what? There's a light right next to it. <laughs> I was gonna say, what's your Tattersall product of choice? Uh, rye whiskey. My my big brother, also a Stegman's product, got me uh, got me pretty hooked on it. Yes, yes. I mean, let me hip you to uh, the secret of Old Overholt. Okay. Are you familiar? I'm the not. Old Overholt rye is a Thirteen to fourteen dollar bottle of rye whiskey that you can get at any local liquor store, any liquor store really, and it is the rye that most bartenders will use as like a base product, like a base Manhattan okay. or a base rye cocktail. Like yeah. it's super good. It's got the great flavors. It's not janky. It's um, and it's only when they want to like plus <laughs> up the price point that they start going up and up and up to right, stuff like Tattersall. Right. So if you okay. ever, if you're ever on a budget. Which I know you're not, because you're a professional man. <laughs> if you're on a budget, Old Overholt is the bottom shelf rye of choice. Please well, sponsor us, that. Old Overholt. So apparently we've shifted <laughs> into. Uh, we went right, right to, to we went right to drinking. It's because we're all drinking right now, John. Because <laughs> right. it's, it's cold out, and I'm in Arkansas. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick, not um, not a ton of Crow fans know a lot about your background. I think. Um, yeah. You know, you did have that one appearance when you're in the van with the other, with the three other, mm-hmm. with the three other guys. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, about what you were doing before you went to college, and then we'll jump into your college career. Yeah, yeah. Before college, living uh, living the good old life in in Lincoln, Nebraska, going to high school there, enjoying life. Uh, <laughs> you know, just playing club soccer with a with a local team, Capital Soccer Association. Uh, still hanging on for dear life against the the foes of of OFC there, but. Uh, as far as I know, still a club, so I appreciate seeing that happen. OFC, you're talking Omaha? Omaha, yep, yep. So a big rival of ours growing up, being from Lincoln, especially their, their roots in Gladiator, actually, uh, before the, the, they kind of conglomerated together. So that was that was our big foe growing up, yeah. And then you, uh, as you grew up, you decided, oh, well, now that I'm, now that I'm done with high school, now that I'm going to college, you went to uh, Hastings? Hastings in Nebraska. Hastings, yep. Hastings College, out in out in the beautiful, bustling metropolis of Hastings, Nebraska. Um, yeah, so went out there. Um, initially was a physics major. Got got kind of drawn out there. <clears throat> cough, cough. More more for soccer than education potentially. Uh, ended up finding the best of both worlds. Actually, though, you know, I got a felt like I had a fantastic little arts education out there, as well as being able to combine that that passion with the love for the game. Right. That's so for I'm, sure. I'm surprised that by now you haven't mentioned that you were a national champion there because it seems like that's how you organically lead all conversations. Um, but believe it or not, John, I don't go into every conversation. And Nick Hines, national champion, just stick your hand out. With, Why with wouldn't you? Why would you not? I'm, 
So two pro tips: old overhold and lead with champion uh, yep. national champion. There we go. Um, so, but but like you you mentioned, you know, you attended perennial NAIA Power Hastings College. Mm-hmm. What was the selection process like when you were looking for a school, and and why Hastings? Yeah, it, it actually checked the box on on kind of a, a number of lists. There's also an inside joke that I'll get to. So. Uh, went to went to a number of, of different kind of showcases, right? And and kind of got to that point where I was making that decision: do do I want to more walk on at a D one program, or or do I want scholarships? You know, what's it what's it going to be for me? Um, and when I kind of made that decision, that that getting an education paid for and, and taking that route was something that was was going to be where I was headed. There's really no better program in, in my mind uh, that I was aware of at the time outside of Hastings College, outside of the D1 kind of sphere, right? They get, they get high-profile players that, uh, you know, kind of end up in the NAI for one reason or another, and, and they're very successful, right? I think uh, after this last season, proud they still continue this legacy. I think we've won our conference 18 or 19 years running now. Um, so it, it was a really simple decision for me where I could play soccer at, at what I saw as my highest level possible at the time, as well as giving myself enough distance from Lincoln to, to kind of grow and mature as my own person, but still stay close enough to, to kind of my roots in Nebraska that uh, I could get home when I needed to, right? Family occasions, mm-hmm. different things happen. It was, it was a good balance for me. That's important. So talk to us a little bit about the NAIA because I think – you know, obviously the NCAA, like D1, gets all the hype. Uh, locally, we're really pumped about this MIAC situation we got going uh-huh. on around here, right? But then yeah. you've got this NAIA. What does that stand for? NAIA. I <laughs> got to dig into the brain here. Whatever. National Intercollegiate Athletic and uh, National Athletic Intercollegiate Association. I don't even know if I actually know that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I never really looked into it. I don't know. So- it was just sounds like funny. you nailed it. But it sounds I like did. It's, I crushed it's, it. It's not regional, right? It's a national. It's not conference. regional. It's a national. It's a national conference uh, conglomerate of uh, at the time 196 or school or 206 schools. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my mind. So still competitive, uh, just a little lesser known. Sure, um, lesser known. I think we competed. It was it was pretty synonymous to about the Division two level. Yeah, um, we were fortunate enough to to have opportunities to play exhibition games against a number of Division one programs in my time there. We always fared incredibly well. Um, you know, playing the likes of Creighton, University of Nebraska, Omaha schools like that. Um, never blown out of the water. I think we could have competed against almost any team around the country on a good day. So who else would I? What other schools would I find in the NAIA? And are there any um, any local athletes or anyone else that we would know by name in the uh, maybe in the NPSL? In the NPSL, I know there. Are, I believe there are a number of individuals that played at Grandview. Um, one of which played for Med City, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, I don't recall his specific name. I think he was a winger. He was pretty pretty decent guy. Um, but there, there are a number of kind of powerhouse schools. Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, down there in oh – man, I can't remember which city in Oklahoma. They, they always bring out a very, very strong side. For, for a while, the kind of the whole thought process of the NAI is where they attracted some, some decently high-profile international players. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the big difference is they aren't – they don't really follow through on the investigation side of eligibility. 
<laughs> right? I'm, maybe I'm going to blow some people out of the water here. I'm not naming any names, but there are definitely some individuals that uh, end up playing in the NAI, right? Maybe end up at a D1 school and find out they can't get eligibility. Um, and then they end up in the NAI, and the NAI just didn't have the budget, didn't have the people, the resources to kind of vet out that, that potentially there's some, some people there that. So, so they kind of skirt on by. Agents might have had some different stuff. So we ended up with. You know, like, and I, I couldn't say this for sure, right? We played Rio Grande in the national championship. Um, I believe, if I recall the story right, their goalie uh, was playing for Marseille uh, in the French. I can't remember which team he was on, second or third team. But, I mean, there's some, some fairly high-profile individuals. <laughs> like, what was he, like, on loan? Like, <laughs> Mar- the Marseille thirds, like, U23s just decided to send it- him to Rio Grande? <laughs> right. right. No, it's no. They're actually they're a fantastic program. I think they have eleven full tuition scholarships for soccer. They get some. They get some pretty cool players at, uh, end up out there. But uh, I think it was more. I want to. I want to get an education. I want to see what's going on in the United States. And you know, you, of course, they're going to keep playing soccer, right? What a great path to, to pay for that schooling if you so choose. And you know, you end up looking at some of these bigger schools, high profile, and you realize I played professional soccer. I can't get eligibility here. Yeah. Um, so you find another way, and there's you know there's there's coaches, there's recruiting agencies out there that kind of help put the pieces together and find you a school that that makes sense, and you can still play at a, a very high level. And, and Hastings, and I, I wouldn't say that we had players who, who shouldn't have had eligibility. I don't think that was was an issue by any means. I think uh, what was really unique to me is the fact that right as a small town, uh, twenty four thousand people in the town, very small school. I think just under a thousand students, just over a thousand students, depending on the year. But uh, over four year span, I think I played I played soccer with guys from I counted at some point twelve or thirteen different countries. You know, so oh, cool. it was a really unique wow. experience to find out and, and blend different mindsets, different mentalities, different styles of the game together, and to, to kind of form this cohesive group. Even though uh, everyone brings their own kind of style and, and twist to things to bring that all together was a really unique experience so you fall into a category that few crows do being that you're a non-native minnesotan you you migrated mm-hmm. east from nebraska they know what what brought you here um and what what made you stay you know it's it's funny it's it's minneapolis city is what initially piqued my interest about it right so playing college soccer we're playing a very high level as i said um, actually, it was sophomore year where they start kind of pushing our players, hey, you need to go find some place to be playing in the summer. And uh, my big brother, Charlie, was already up here, right? He's a water resource engineer up here. And he said, hey, there's a, there's a, there's a team that's getting formed up here out of, out of kind of the owners of, or I wouldn't say the owners, I'd say the founders of, of Stegmans are trying to, trying to assemble this team and put it together. You should come try out. And so I did, and I didn't even, I didn't make it, right? I, I think Keith was a coach at the time, right? That, uh, you know, I still had a lot of maturing to do. I wasn't getting a ton of regular minutes in Hastings. I, I wasn't very confident in myself as a player. And uh, I, I didn't make the cut in an open tryout, right? But uh, so what I ended up doing is saying, man, this is still something I want to be committed to and I want to see as a long-term approach. Having conversations with people like you, John, about, hey, is this the right thing to do? Um, and so what I ended up doing was, was – was taking a door-to-door sales job up here and moving up here for the summer, living with my big brother and uh, and playing for three different Stegman's teams, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and getting myself out there a little bit, right? And then wow. go back, go back, have an incredibly successful junior year, go undefeated, win a national championship, start every match, 
uh, you know, bring a lot more confidence to my game. Uh, send a video that I put together this season back to John. John shares it with, with Adam, and he says, hey, yeah, we're impressed. Come on up, right? So then, uh, then that's kind of when that more fluid transition to, wow, this might be where I want to set some roots down uh, in a city kind of came from. So there's two things I want to I want to bring up from what you just talked about. The first is how important. I mean, obviously, in your anecdote and your story, obviously super important that you were you pointed out you're playing on three different segments teams that summer. Right. It really catapulted you into all of a sudden now you're now you're the starter. Now you're playing every minute. Um, now you're winning the national championship. That sort of thing. Um, how important or what does that Stegman's experience really mean to you in the grand scheme of things? Because. Oh, man. Stegman's for a lot of Minneapolis City players is like, what's the point? Why should we talk about it? And I yeah, think uh, there, there's a real value to it. Oh, there's so much value to it. First of all, I, I, I treat it as a brotherhood. It really is. It's, it's a community of people that care about you outside of just whether you're contributing on the field, right? It's, it's a much more of a, you know, a place where everyone kind of has this common bond, right? Everyone, uh, for the most part, in the Stegman's type structure is it's a release. Everyone's coming home from a, from a nine to five, potentially. We're all mm-hmm. meeting up at the field. You got guys coming in suits and changing at the field, right? It was, it was a blend <laughs> of, of people at different experiences, right? Where we all kind of come together about and share this common bond of it didn't matter where you just were. It's about being here and being present in that moment and playing soccer. I think it adds a lot of value, you know, kind of first and foremost, just as a person is that uh, it helps you find a community of people who care about the same things that you care about, right? And it's, it's yeah. a really committed culture where um, kind of a strong turnout is a keynote of statements, right? There's a lot of organization within the structure. It's not just a group of guys that it's the last second trying to pull teams together, right? There's a lot of structure, you know, whether that's that's Nick Sent and, and John and Dan Holdeman and, and now Dan Warner kind of taking over the reins. There's a lot of thought put into this in terms of, how are we going to make this work, right? And mm-hmm. I really appreciate the work that they do behind the scenes that uh, might not get as much recognition. So, so cheers to them first and foremost. But also from a soccer perspective, um, I, there's just nothing like the confidence of, of knowing you're going out with people who have your back and, and just being able to have fun. And there's it's a very low-stress environment where you get a – you know, test your skills against the, the best other amateur players in the in the city and in the state. So another thing that I want to point out that you that you brought up is that <laughs> you you I mean you were a junior, but then you you sent tape back yeah. to back to uh, John and to and to Adam, and it's like talk a little bit about like the dedication to get better and like the little things that you have to do to um, to really to really go after the opportunity because a lot of kids think right. that like I can just show up and play great and I'm gonna be the best guy on my team and everyone's yeah. gonna want me that like what what is it about your approach that you think it, even even just to play on an NPSL team is important for kids to remember yeah, yeah absolutely so there's a lot that kind of went into it so I actually played like the last six games um, of the of the Hastings national championship season with uh with a bit of a stress fracture in my foot. And so I ended up having to take some time off immediately after that. And kind of the first step back to that was that I went back up for kind of a invitational only tryout with Minneapolis City. And what came out of that is, hey man, you're out of shape. We're still not sure. And so that's when I realized, man, if this is what I want to do, I got to commit to it, right? I sat down for 
Oh, man, it must have been six hours, right? I said, all right, screw school work for the next day. I, I want to put this <laughs> tape together, right? Come on, what really matters here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay in school, kids. Um, but so, you know, I really invested a lot of time in, in thinking about what are my strengths? How, how can I add value? And one of the things that, you know, I did have a good resource in John who kind of had my back and saying, this is what we're looking for. This is where we see you, but we want to see that is that, you know, we need an outside back who's going who's gonna to be fearless on the attack but also has the fitness levels to get back and defend, you know, because any outside back, your, your primary responsibility is defending. But also a, a, huge, a huge thing fundamentally for me is I love to attack. You know, growing up in, in grade school and high school, I was always a forward and midfielder. I still have that, that kind of thirst to get to goal, right? Um, and I never wanted to lose that even though at, at the college level I ended up playing outside back, right? And so I thought I had that to bring to the table. So I really focused my tape around how do I how do I show that strength and that I'm absolutely fearless going forward, but also I have that fitness, I have that endurance, that ability to go 90 minutes. And in the 78th minute, in the 88th minute, if I get caught out of position, you know, I'm going to be the person that's busting my butt to get back every single mm -hmm. time. And so I, I think, think it's a, a lot of value. Yeah, go ahead, John. I think a great example of that is when, uh, not this past season, but two years ago in your first season with us, um, our away loss to Duluth, uh, mm -hmm. it was our two to one loss to Duluth, where um, you you came on, um, I believe in the second half, and yeah. and that's what we needed. We needed another attacker, and and if if it weren't for a few whiskers oh, on the wrong oh, side oh, of the you post, almost had it, man. Still yeah. haunts me to this day. I can <laughs> picture it. I could picture that, it. Bow, bow fed me that, and it took it just like a thirty-yard whack at that thing, and, and missed the post by a centimeter. But that—that that was exactly what you were talking about. You can't be blamed. You, you, yeah, you can't be blamed for that one. Um, but you—you <laughs> you had to defend, and then make like a sixty-yard run to get to get up the field into the attack, which is what your primary job was in that given day, and and it almost it almost worked. But if if we weren't if we weren't talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the types of strengths that you have that we want to align with, with our needs, you would, we wouldn't have been in that position to even have that yeah. opportunity in that game. So I think it's important to, to kind of connect a, a, a real use case to what you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it speaks to the level of, of dedication that you guys have as a coaching staff to say, hey, here's what your function is going to be. You're a very open and very communicative. Uh, open communication organization where as, as a player you can you can have those conversations about you know what is my role gonna be right you know mm -hmm. I never had any any question in my mind as to as to where I stood and and you know what my function was gonna be and what value I was gonna bring to Minneapolis City right when when you have mm -hmm. a coaching staff that, that kind of lays that on the line as hey here's where you stand at every step of the process I really appreciated that and I know uh, some of the other gents on the team do too yeah, super. It's the, the open communication between between the coaches and the and the players has been something that uh, all the players that we've talked about has have said is super valuable because, like you said, it's important to know where you stand. It's important to know that like when you can compete for minutes, where your role is in the club, and be comfortable and be happy with that role. And if you're not happy, yeah. then you got Then they'll tell you how to compete for that and how to exactly. improve your status. Um, yeah, setting expectations is very yeah. Important. So you, now that you're here, now that you've graduated, and uh, you've you've got a full time job, hopefully not no longer going door to door selling things. <laughs> no longer door to door. I <laughs> so, Vacuum cleaners. <laughs> Need a shark? I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about how um, how your transition has been going, uh, where soccer from from a place where soccer was basically your 
your full-time job after you just studied a little bit to now right. soccer being your second job or outside of work? Man, I'll tell you what, guys, it sucks. Oh. Yeah, well, it's, no, <laughs> it's work. First of all, full-time jobs are no fucking fun because <laughs> right, you end right. up in Arkansas. <laughs> and you end up drinking. Um, <laughs> no, so I'm actually really fortunate where I have uh, the the CEO of, of my organization, OG, out in Minnetonka. He actually he coached in the Italian NFL for a couple years before he kind of settled into you know where he's at now, right? So he's he's a very firm proponent of explore your passions, and he's a person who understands there are people who work is their passion, and there are people who work so that it, they can explore their passions, right? So soccer is is still a priority to me, and I'm thankful to have kind of a, a support structure in the management of my organization that allows me to still pursue that to the mm-hmm. to the extent to where, right? I had started working towards the towards the middle of the NPSL season last year, and it was kind of understood as as long as I didn't have an, a set meeting or something very set in stone that I couldn't change, if I need to go for soccer, you go, right? And having that support has made the transition exponentially easier, but it's still rough going from six to seven days a week playing soccer to sitting here, you know, the past couple months, my I feel my legs, you know, shaking a little extra while I'm at my desk, just craving to, to be back diving into the game now where – you know, we're, we're one day a week right now at the, the current time doing through that preseason, but it's the best night. You know, it doesn't even matter that it's a, it's a long Friday because you're up a little later. It's yeah. just, it's the most stress relieving portion of my whole week. So it's, it's been a rough transition. I'm not going to lie. Kind of making that hard cutoff from you live and breathe soccer. And yeah, there's some studies on the side and I, you know, I still cared about getting good grades and, and finding a good career, but also, it's rough because I just I'm just an active person, and so now kind of being feeling like I got that weight around my ankles at the desk is has been a big transition in my life. Yeah, for real. Do you think that there's um when you're talking about like you're itching at your desk just to play some soccer, you you're looking for opportunities, looking for outlets. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the off season is a huge a huge barrier there, right? Right. Like over the right. summer, you could be playing five, six nights a week between oh, yeah. between city and oh, Stegmans yeah. and practice and, and training and all that stuff. Like, is city giving it now that you're like involved? Like, is Stegmans is city giving you those opportunities to to find or looking for opportunities to find more times for dudes to play and to and to get out there? Absolutely, absolutely. There's there's there constantly going to be opportunities, especially. You know, right now it's a little different, right? The, the winter in Minnesota is pretty brutal. There's not there's not a ton of opportunities, right? I played in a, played in a, a Stegman's League and also playing with Minneapolis City in the winter. But especially in the summer, kind of the sky's the limit. If you have the flexibility to, to get places and you, you want to be that person, right? Like that, that first summer um, when, I, when I actually didn't make Minneapolis City and I was living up here, uh, there were days I'd play five or six games in a weekend. You know, I'd what? be playing 77s, but also old boys and United and, and pitching in an athletic when they needed somebody. So there are times I was playing with three, if not four, in a calendar week, four statements teams, right? When I don't know many clubs that can offer that where it's like, hey, man, if, if you can be around. Once you kind of establish yourself as, as someone that's, that's going to be reliable and is going to work hard, uh, people respect you, right? And they, they say, hey, you kind of get those opportunities once you say, Hey, I'm I'm gonna work hard for you guys and be able to have fun and I'm you know, the let's never forget the the kind of unspoken segments rule where it's also, you know, 
Don't be a jerk. Don't be a D-bag, right? If you set yourself apart as someone who's going to be nice, who's going to work hard, who's going to be respectful, other teams within the organization will kind of come to you and say, hey, can you play? Or whether that's, you know, Dan Warner saying, hey, 77s need somebody. Or Aaron Olsen saying, hey, man, can you swing by tonight after your game and play the second half, right? The, those opportunities, it really is the sky is the limit, at least from my perspective. I think on the flip side, too, um, you know, as you're, you know, Nate's questioning kind of came from a, a soccer perspective, but mm-hmm. from an organizational perspective, I think the the one thing that, that Minneapolis City and, and Segments also affords you is the opportunity to to have a day job and to mm-hmm. what you were saying, if I have an important meeting the next day, I, I let I let everybody know and I'm upfront about that so that I, I can not mess up my real life. <laughs> um, uh, because of a soccer practice or like a men's league game, but but and but still not lose your place. Absolutely, and that can't be that can't be stated enough. Especially, you know, coming from an organization where they're so invested in kind of the local community, to where they say, "Hey, if you're not going to be based in Minnesota, we don't really, you know, we want to make this a local experience. We want to have that community engagement. We want you to be here to." You know, to do community service and reach out to those and help make soccer, uh, you know, fun and more affordable for anyone that it can be. Um, to have an organization that then has to say, all right, you know, we can't just have 26 to, to 50, depending on the structure, college players, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. People based here. So that means we got to be flexible to understand, hey, we got some guys in, into their mid 20s and, and 30s that have a lot of responsibilities on that nine to five grind. So how do we make this work as an organizational structure outside of that nine to five, right? In college, um, I had a couple of the gents of mine that went and played for, for Chattanooga. And you know, the, the, the life cycle is totally different, right? The people in Memphis that were, you know, we were lifting at 9 a.m. and then we had practice at 3 p.m. That just can't fly for people that have a job. You can't be doing what? that three to five times a week where mm-hmm. it's like, Holy cow! That's it's just unattainable for someone that's you know a, a salary professional in the real world. You would never be able to make that commitment, and if if you are, it's because you're giving up a lot of at work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So to have an organizational structure where they say, "Hey, we understand where you're coming from, and we still want you to be a part of this," I can't speak to how grateful I am to that enough. So in your two seasons with us so far, a lot has happened. Um, but last year was was memorable. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes, it was going undefeated um, and winning the North Conference for the first time as a as an organization. What mm-hmm. has been your favorite moment thus far? Um, it could be going undefeated, but is there anything else that might sneak in there? Oh man, there's 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 so many moments. Right, going undefeated is is obviously as a, a big highlight reel for me, but. It's, it's awesome. For me, it's, it's, I'm a pretty sentimental person, potentially. You can laugh at me for this, but I appreciate the, the smaller moments where it's, it's more about the bonding as a brotherhood, right? It, it really is about getting to know people. So I really appreciated uh, actually the trip we took up to Duluth this year. Um, <laughs> was the same yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, you remember. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, didn't get the result we wanted. I think right, we ended up tying, if I recall correctly. I'm not crazy, am I? Yeah, it was a brutal um, draw, but it was a draw. It, yeah, it was it was a tough one for sure, but the kind of bonding and the and the kind of framework that came out of that that encounter, where you know we we went to a pub in downtown Duluth and watched yes. the Champions League final before the game. Yes, kind of just that bonding moment to have, where we're all just sitting there. Really, it's you kind of see the multifaceted approach of 
God, everyone there just cares about soccer, right? We're, you know, adjusting schedules to make sure that we can get there in time to, to watch the Champions League final. And that meant, you know, we spent like two hours sitting in a park on, on Lake Superior before the game was kind of <laughs> hanging out, you know, just to make sure all the timing worked out. Yeah. And, uh, oh, man, that, I just thought that that was a really great experience, and I appreciated kind of the, the bonding that happened there. That was a big highlight for me. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like, that is – if you didn't bring that up, that's exactly what I would have said that should be your number two. Because, like, when you think about that experience, even at the pub, like – we're watching the Champions League game, which was amazing. That was Liverpool Real, right? So like, yep. oh, whew, that was such a such a good game. And then you had all the not only were the players there, the staff, there were fans that showed up right. to to hang out. Um, Some rando Duluth people, the, rando the random people Duluth. that were just sitting in our room. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, <laughs> You but like, you guys like soccer? Yeah, we oh, okay, cool. A bit. But, <laughs> but like, you're right. Like, that is that's kind of the what encompasses what's cool about Minneapolis City is that like there is that constant connection with with everything that's great about the club, from the fans to the organization. Right. The, I mean, I'm talking about like time management to all that stuff. That like it all came together that weekend, and it, we didn't get the result we wanted, and Samuel left with a. Um, ruptured appendix but whatever oh no that was yeah, that was two years ago never that mind that was two years ago yeah, yeah. Say, uh, that was, <laughs> all the shitty all the shitty Duluth, Duluth trips memories man <laughs> yeah. they yeah, whirled together <laughs> but that so was, you... no ben left with a broken leg or whatever whatever yeah. happened to him yeah wexler got hurt yeah. <laughs> hamstring his hamstring, yep. so, hamstring. Been, yeah. so so we've we've touched on a couple of these topics here but you, so you're you're obviously used to winning seeing that if my math is correct <laughs> oh. you had around 70 plus wins and only 11 losses in college not and then bad. obviously we went undefeated last year. What do you think from a from a team perspective uh, with Minneapolis City last season contributed to us uh, going undefeated and, and the success factors that went into that? Yeah, yeah. For, for me, it's a huge portion of of people buying into the system, right? It's, it's people mm-hmm. having that kind of that trust and the understanding of that, hey, we're all in this together. There's going to be highs. There's going to be lows, respectively. But it's, it's just about understanding that when you look at someone next to you is that they have my back, I have their back. If I mess up, you know, it's not like they're going to immediately get down on me. It's, hey, we know what you're capable of. We know the next step is going to be positive. Um, and that kind of mental framework to me is incredibly important, right? We saw it at Hastings. You know, there wasn't a huge amount of difference in, in the talent that we had sophomore year as opposed to junior year right you know we brought in we brought in a new coach we had a a coach who'd been there about 17 years that left the program brought in a first year coach with a fresh viewpoint a fresh perspective uh Aaron Champ and I fantastic guy fantastic coach and the mindset that he brought he was just able to relate to us on a level to where people bought into his structure and I I feel that same type of connection to to all the coaching staff kind of you know, in Minneapolis City, whether that's whether that's coming from you, John, or whether that's coming from Adam or Matt, whoever it might be, whether it's the assistant coaches, Derek, I just think that they do such a good job relating to who we are as players because they've been there and, and they make things really simple and are very clear and set those expectations of here's what the goal is, right? And I think from from day one, even before I was a part of Minneapolis City, the, the expectation was that we're going to be the best, right? We aren't afraid to, to self-promote and set ourselves at lofty goals. Um, 
and I don't think that ever came as, as pressure to us as, a, as an organization. I think it, it was almost like there's the expectation. Let's go make it a reality. And when you look look at the people next year, you know, whether that's that's Trey or Steve or, or Matt or any of these individuals who've been a part of the organization for, for quite a while, and you just feel that confidence that they have that, mm-hmm. hey, here's what we're going to go do. And, and there's never a hesitation in their mind about it. That, that breeds a certain level of confidence in the organization. And then also, once you get on a roll, it's just great to keep that going. You know, once mm-hmm. you win a couple games, right, things – things start off a, a, a little rocky, right? I recall the first game last season, you know, I, I met you guys up in South Dakota, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, you drove from Nebraska. Because <laughs> I, I drove you have gradu- college. Yeah, didn't you have graduation? Yeah, yeah, like, I couldn't get up to Minneapolis yet, so I had to get back for, for graduation still. So I, I had like two more weeks of college, and I said, all right, <laughs> I'm not worried about failing any classes. Let's go Let's go drive up there and meet them, right? You know, it's, it's just those type of experiences <laughs> that I love where it's like, Hey, we don't have a ton of numbers. You you want to come do this? And I'm always gonna be the person that's like, yeah, why not, right? Um, <laughs> but you know, you you start off things at, at, at that kind of where it's like, wow, we have not even come close to hitting our peak, mm-hmm. uh, to accomplishing so much as as an organization. It was really cool, unique experience to just see, um, again, kind of connecting it back. Everyone being bought into that mindset and that program is is super important. The key to what you said, I think, is this this mentality amongst the players that, like, I know what you're capable of. I know you can do better. It's always very supportive, and it's not, yeah. um, you know, it's never, you're not cutting anyone down. You're not telling them what right. they did wrong. It's like, you are better than this. Come on. And that that's that's super motivating, I'm sure. It reminds me of, it, it's, it's very... Um, Someone's going to disagree with me. A million people will disagree with me. About <laughs> Anyone this can disagree. It feels very like pep. You know what I mean? We're like, okay. I remember yeah. like Man City crushed Southampton in a game. And Pep walked, like, ran up to Nathan Redmond and started screaming in his face. And after the game, they were like, Nathan, what did he say? And Redmond was like, well, he was just telling me that he knew the kind of player I was and that I should probably be better than this. Right. And like right. that's that's fucking hard to hear from from another yeah. from another coach, but like that's what you need to be hearing from your teammates, right? That's Absolutely. what like builds you up, and that's like what makes you want to be better. That yeah. that's the kind of thing that's motivating, not not like telling you what you what you're doing wrong, and and you need it and and like telling yeah, you that yeah. next time it's, figure it figure it the fuck out, right? Yeah, it's 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 accountability, right? And you know, in the heat of the moment on the field, right? You have to be able to be a person who can. Who can take criticism, right? That's mm-hmm. that's always going to be an element of the game. Is is when you mess up. First and foremost, if if you're accountable to yourself, it's always going to piss you off more than it pisses anyone else off the team, right? But it's it's that level of there's accountability, but from a positive framework. It is that it, it's hey, come on, I know who you are. You can do better. It's not yeah. How could you do this to us? You let everyone down and and build this immense pressure up on you. Where when that bubble pops, you just collapse as a player. It's, it's, it's just so much more positive framework. But, you know, there's always going to be that accountability level to where when you let your teammates down, you should always feel more embarrassed in yourself because you know who you are as a player. Yeah. But to have that support where, you know, hey, we understand where you can be and we know you're going to get there, uh, that's super important to, I think, develop confidence as a player. And that's something Minneapolis City is really good at. All right, man, one, one last thing. Give me one big prediction for the 2019 season. Oh, 
Oh man, we're what, right. We're one practice in, right? We got our one first, practice first in. Practice. Only, yes. only like <laughs> only like five players announced on the roster. Right, I know. That's why it's, it's like there. You got to keep the secrets. <laughs> yeah, got to keep the secrets. One big prediction for 2019. I feel a repeat. You feel the repeat. I, I want to <laughs> see it. Right, we've set that level. We've set that tone. I want to see us continue to have that level of excellence. So to me. Big prediction is you're going to see us back on a regional and national level next year in the playoffs. See, usually when, when Nate asks me that question, I say, I say something like, I, I guarantee you're going to be wearing pink or on the road next year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're such a bitch, John. Like, <laughs> go big or go home, John. Right, exactly. So we used to put our guests through the world-famous Lupian Automotive Speed Round, but uh, – they're no longer with us, so it's time for something new. So we're gonna we're gonna play a little game of word association. Are you familiar with what that is? Hey, whatever comes into my mind first thing yep. I say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna rip off 15 words. You're just gonna tell me the first thing you say. Uh, it comes to your mind. Just say it. Oh, uh, or a couple words. You know, maybe a sentence. All right. But, uh, could be a phrase. Up? I got gotcha. you. Could be a phrase. Don't put too fine a point on it. Right, and if you're listening out there and you want to be our official sponsor of this new segment, uh, you can hit a, hit the show up. Uh, but okay, so we ask all of our guests, like, do you need to take a quick break? You need to fill up a drink? You need to stretch or anything? Do you, or are you ready to dive in? I'm pretty good. I got the bottle next to me. I think we're gonna be okay. Okay. All right. So number one, <laughs> bird, crow, defender, tenacity, citizens, the best. Summit. Freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, Gary. <laughs> Des Moines. <laughs> Minnesota. Home. Nebraska. Roots. Leader. Accountability. Winning. The Crows. Formation. <laughs> Changing. Stegman's. Mustache. <laughs> uh, junk food. My soulmate. <laughs> Cele- <laughs> Got a problem, guys. <laughs> Celebration. <laughs> Summit. Beer. <laughs> Duluth. No comment. <laughs> the br- okay, and the last one, the Brotherhood. The Brotherhood. Ah, oh, I think of my twin Kevin. I'm happy to have that man back. That is the <laughs> peak of Brotherhood. <laughs> All right, so you, you made that was it good. Through, you made it through the first ever <laughs> game Sweating of here. of word association, and I'll give you a solid C plus. Oh, no. All right, that's that's pretty rough. That's not my accountability goal. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I thought that was I thought that was better than C plus. I would have leveled you. I would have leveled you up, but you mentioned uh, summit twice and changing for formation. I don't that's know. Fair. I just, not where I would have a little little pandering change, to the sponsors changing, and maybe changing's probably the wrong word. It's more <sighs> fluid, right? Fluid's the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Better. See, see, now you get my C plus rating. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I, I could have done better. I apologize for letting you <laughs> down, John. That, that's all right. Well, so, thank you so much to uh, <laughs> the Ryan Gosling sound alike, Nick Hines, for joining us on the show this yeah, week. Thanks for having me, Jason. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy it. Really appreciate it. Really enjoy it. 
Uh, we're looking forward to you locking fools down and just bombing up and down that wing for another year. This has been very, very cool. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, really good interview. You guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate everything that you guys do for the club. It's, it's not gone unnoticed. Wow. Oh, thank you. Thank you wow. so much. Whoa. It's always yeah. nice to get a compliment back, Nate, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's so rare. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, guys. we got to talk to the gents about that. Yeah. I know. Jeez. All right. Well, th- so thank you so much for uh, for showing up, Nick. And thus ends tonight's show. Thanks, as always, to the sponsor, Nick's favorite, Summit Brewing. Uh, the yeah, Ratskeller Reserve Box is in stores now. It's featuring revived beers that were initially only limited additions in available in the tap room and now they're available for everybody so pick up a box today summit a more meaningful brew since 1986 if giving back to the community means a lot to you maybe it is time to give to the club that gives back we say this every week minneapolis city is a 501 c3 that provides a safe reliable and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game maybe you're doing your taxes right now and you're like god i should have Donated more to charity, get my deduction up, whatever that means. I'm not an accountant. Well, you got to do it. Look for us this summer playing with kids in parks and community centers around the city and consider a tax-deductible donation to a true city-focused organization. (sighs) Minneapolis City, you know that schedule is out, and you know it's long as hell. Now is the right time to grab that membership. It is the best deal in soccer. That is $80 for at least 10 home games, not to mention the U23 games. You get your membership scarf. You get the membership card that's going to get you deals on Summit at our official game day bar, Palmer's in the West Bank. Visit mplscitysc.com and make that happen for yourself. Send us mail. Send us mail. You know it's easy. You know we answer those questions on, on the show. Uh, just hit us up on Twitter if you want, at the People's Pitch. Uh, DMs be open. Or you can always email us at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns be welcome. And finally, you can always complain to the club at <laughs> mplscitysc on Twitter. They love it. Uh, that is all for this week. Once again, thank you so much to Minneapolis City defender Nick Hines, and we will leave you with our house DJ MC. Our house MC, I'm sorry, Miles Stockton Willis, aka Malays. I almost it. made it! God damn almost it! Almost made it! Ah, I am Nate. That is John. That was Nick. Get out to some city games this year. God damn it! You got hooked. Take right. All right. <laughs> <laughs>The real you, yeah, boo, I found you. So don't ever frown when loneliness is around you. I'ma show you that someone should crown you, not clown you. But pursue virtue would never hurt you. Critical in distance, touches digital, biblical. Tell death, love is unconditional. Telling us we're a team and not two individuals. For you, I give my spleen, the spiritual and the physical. Loving what is fragile isn't always fixable. But I see what's invisible, see it affects visuals. Grab my hand, hold it. We gon' think the unthinkable. I promise we will float that our boat's unsinkable. I promise I'ma drown in you. Drown. Let you drown in me. me. Reveal the recipe. You I love to overfeed. I love it. Let's proceed slowly. Not go bad like moldy. Ravioli, rigatoni. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me 
when you fall for me, please. Yeah. Just tell me when you fall. Free. Girl, I'm free, falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Temptation's about to give in, but I'm staying true. If I sin, may I be forgiven for a few. What we got to lose? Nothing. You just gotta listen. listen. Such a good girl. Great. Just made a bad decision. One, one and done. She looking fine. Nothing missing. But got my hands tied like I'm the villain. Evil. Only swallows pride, but I'm sometimes kidding. Finger liquor kitty. After be the kitten. Cute shit. Kiss me softer than a baby's grip. New sense of high when she bites her lower lip. If she quit, make my heart skip, then snip When we're together like ice cream mixed with some mint Pepper, shawty had to rescue my respiratory yeah. Wants a man, who's a man, that is mandatory Only without her off the pad, like I never met with Dory Help her write her story, take the qualms on her quarry Girl, I'm free, falling for you Still, temptation follows free Just tell me when you fall for me, please Just tell me when you fall Girl, I'm free, falling for you follows free just tell me when you fall for me please just tell me when you fall selfie timeless as the rollie always be my plus one shawty is my bogey in it for the long haul not for the trophy every day feeling greater than tony falling for her and i think she falling for me too i hope falling like two v's make a double u type of dude to build you up and make the rubble move type of dude to have my phone out all in front of you only because you got my back presence always sets the mood never starts any trouble without any proof no problems if there was make the puzzle poof lap it up goofballs you should see the spoof girl i'm free falling for you still temptation follows free just tell me when you fall for me please just tell me when you fall free girl i'm free falling for you still temptation follows free just tell me when you fall